0: This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. I was happy for Dad after it was over and he had won, but I don't like to finish second. This is the the 500, isn't it?
1: Thank God! It's an accomplishment that we'll not forget. There's a lot of satisfaction in winning the championship. Jeff Gordon out of turn number four. He will lay claim to his first ever Winston Cup victory, and it comes in the Coca-Cola 600. Rick Hendrick, I uh, hope I'm with you for a long time. At the end of the day, you still want to see a lot of people in those stands. I am history. <laughs> you know, Back in the day, with Steve Richards and Ron Lemasters.
2: NASCAR history is a rich tapestry of speed, personality, and great racing. Here at Back in the Day, we celebrate that history by keeping it alive, just like Dale Earnhardt Jr. did on the original TV show. We'll take important dates, races, and trends in NASCAR and pass them along to you. Here comes Back in the Day from the Exalta studio inside Junior Motorsports. The last year to
3: start with the numbers one and nine was much more than the end of an era. It meant that the 2000s were on the doorstep, and we'd all spend six months or more trying not to write 19 in our check registers. It was also the year that one Ralph Dale Earnhardt Jr. began racing in NASCAR. And that's our focus for today's edition of Back in the Day.
1: At the tender age
4: of 25, Dale Earnhardt Jr. will lay claim to his first NASCAR Winston Cup victory at the Texas Motor Speedway.
3: It was only 18 years ago as the calendar flies, but in terms of the sport, it might as well have been 1949. So much has changed, but one thing that hadn't was having an Earnhardt in the field. Dale Sr. had been in every race from September 1979 through his death in 2001. Dale Jr., who announced he would retire at the end of the 2017 season, had been full time in the series since 2000 and missed only 20 total races since. His recent marriage made him possibly think differently about stepping out of the race car in pursuit of a slower paced life. Like Dale Jr. used to say in the original back in the day, let's go back to 1999 and see what was happening. The HBO series The Sopranos made its debut on January
1: 10th. Who do you think you are? I'm the person who says how things go, that's who I think I am.
3: On March 29th, the Dow Jones Index broke 10,000 for the first time ever. On October 12th, the 6 billionth living human is born, creating 6 billionth day. Haven't really seen the Hallmark card for that, but you never know. And among those who left us in 1999 were baseball legend Joe
2: DiMaggio Joe, Joe DiMaggio
3: Political scion John F. Kennedy Jr.
1: A plane believed to have been flown by John F. Kennedy Jr. is now being reported as overdue and officially missing.
3: NFL superstar Walter Payton. Walter Payton becomes the National Football League all-time leading rusher
4: surpassing Jim Brown.
3: And basketball pioneer Wilt Chamberlain. That brings us to our topic for today, the racing career of Dale Earnhardt Jr., who announced his retirement on April 25th, effective at the end of the season.
0: For me, personally, I'm at peace with the decision. I'm very comfortable with it. You know, more concerned with the, uh fall out of it and hoping that uh, the transition for the team, the company and everything is is a good one and they've got a lot of things to get excited about uh, in their future and want the best for Rick. So I want to be a part of helping that uh, process as we move along. Now
3: 42 years old, Earnhardt Jr. had the choice to step aside as a cup driver whenever he wanted and he chose this time to do it. As much as it might hurt his legions of fans to not have him in the cockpit for 2018, it's a natural progression. Choosing when you leave and how is very important to an athlete, and his contract status was such that this was the time he chose. You can't ask for any more than that, no matter what you do for a living. I know I won't retire. I'll just keep on till I do a face down on pit road or in the media center, and that'll be that. Let's bring in Steve Richards, longtime broadcaster and pit reporter for the Performance Racing Network, as well as the producer of Back in the Day... Steve, would it be trite to ask you where you were when you heard the news?
2: (laughs) I was in my office, and I could not believe it.
3: I couldn't either. Between us, we've got, what, two centuries of combined experience in motorsports? At least. At least. What does this mean overall,
2: do you think? Well, the jury's still out as to whether it will hurt the sport. I'm sure a lot of uh, fans are not very happy because they love Dale Earnhardt Jr., and they're going to really miss him on the racetrack, and I hope these fans will pick another driver to root for. It's not like Dale's going away. He won't be on the racetrack, obviously. He will for Junior Motorsports in a few uh, races next season. Hopefully more than just the two that are scheduled, we'll have to see. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that uh, they gravitate toward perhaps Junior's replacement in the 88 car or, you know, one of the other up-and-coming drivers or any of the other drivers that they won't abandon the sport because... It's not worth just throwing everything
1: away.
3: No. There's been an Earnhardt in the field since 1979, pretty much. Mm hmm Okay. And Jeffrey's still around. Right. And he's actually making some headway, I think. So there'll be an Earnhardt there, whether whether they gravitate to Jeffrey or they, or like you said, they pick a Kyle Larson or a Chase Elliott, you know, hopefully somebody driving a Chevy. Well, and,
2: and the reality is that Jeffrey is really not in a competitive situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't see that happening, unfortunately. That's just the reality of it. Right. But there are plenty of young drivers and there are plenty of established drivers to choose from out there because... A lot of the junior fans they have a second choice right they might have a second they, they might like chase elliott they might like casey kane uh jimmy john jimmy johnson perhaps it's probably would be a chevrolet driver more than likely so i'm hoping that that's what the what they'll do and they'll gravitate to one of those other drivers
3: well it probably won't be kyle bush
2: i'm pretty probably sure. <laughs> not I, I, I would rule out kyle bush but <laughs> yeah. that's that's another chapter
3: well, you know, being the son of a legend, uh, you know, Dale Jr. is, he's lived most of his adult life in a fishbowl. Mhm. You know, he's sort of unassuming, I think. He's he doesn't take himself all that seriously. I think he used to. Right. You know, right. back when he was younger and and more intent on on forging his own path. Right. But he's still a founding member of the Dirty Mo posse. He still cracks open a cold Dale's Pale Ale on occasion. And, you know, and he, he does a lot of things the same way he did when he was just Dale's kid and not Junior.
2: You know what I mean? <laughs> well, and even Junior said during the press conference, he said that, you know, winning is definitely important, but it's not what it used to be.
0: The One thing that I enjoy the most about racing is my relationships with my team, my friendships with those guys and working with them. Now, you know, when it goes right, we win races, we celebrate together, and that's awesome, but the friendships are much more important to me. It's, winning races is not that much fun when you don't enjoy who you're doing it with. No success is really as sweet when the people you're doing it with is, isn't is someone you connect to or have a relationship with. So, And I think I got much better at that at the end of my career. When I was young, I was really good at running everybody out of the shop with my mouth. And now I think I'm I'm better at getting everybody together and rallying everybody and getting everybody excited about each thing we're doing. And so certainly learned a lot and matured and it's been through those relationships and working with my team my crew chiefs that i've grown and uh the wins were really important and still are in a selfish way but uh the friendships and the relationships that you make are things that will last forever somehow
3: i felt the specter of tony Uri senior walk through the (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: studio here, at the Exalta
3: Racing Studio at Junior Motorsports. Or Tony Jr., really. They fought like cats and dogs.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course but, they, they, but they were
3: family. Exactly. And you can do that. And, and everybody still, you know, the thing about it is he said once, I don't think it's anything formal written down, but I heard him say it, you know, we'd fight like crazy each other, but if somebody else threatened the other one, the other one would be right there back in the up. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what it was. And, and I think he's starting to feel the years, maybe. I can vaguely remember being 42, but um, you know, it's interesting that he made the call when he made it.
2: Well, and he said uh, at the press conference that he had a lot of time to think during uh, that concussion recovery period and during the uh, off season.
0: I was uh, not sure that I would have the opportunity to compete. This season has been a blessing to me. Uh, It's been a gift to be at the racetrack to run every lap. I don't remember myself ever being so excited for practice on Friday and Saturday, getting up at 8.30 in the morning. Not 18 months ago, I was on Twitter complaining about 8.30 practices and I can't wait to get to them now. You know, I wanted to be able to make that decision myself on retiring and not really have it made for me, but I feel healthy, I'm having a really good time driving the cars and enjoying that with my team. And we spoke this morning and that was the real message really was that we feel competitive, Uh, we feel like we can go out there and, and do well uh, we've had some odd luck, but when the luck's been there, the results have been there and the speed's been there in the car. So I'm excited about the races that I have left, and it's like the practices and the mornings that I get so excited for it. used to We complain about the season and how long it is. Well, this one here can drag on for a while if it's all right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and you know, it's a perspective change more than anything else because, sure. you know, it's like he said later during the press conference that, you know, it, you get out of the car for 8 to 12 weeks, you don't know what to do with yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's got a, a lot of time to do that. Right. Um, we're going to have to take some time to get used to this, too, I think. You know, after those 8 to 12 weeks go and you're, you know, everybody's getting ready for Daytona and you realize that the 88's going to have somebody else in it. Right. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, too, you know, he's only retiring from the Cup Series, like you said. He can he, race here for Junior Motorsports. Right. Um, contractually obligated for at least two races. Right. He might even, you know, sneak over to Hickory and run a 40 lapper.
2: That's what he said. Yeah. He said. (laughs) Yeah, to
3: check with Amy first.
2: Well, and what was interesting to me is one of the reporters asked Junior if there were any plans to move this operation here, Junior Motorsports, up to the Cup Series.
0: I'll be honest with you. You know, I've uh, often admired the work that it takes and the commitment that it takes Having been close to uh, my family's business and obviously very close to Rick I get to see just how much effort it takes that goes into it not only not only does Rick have to manage all of his automotive industry and, and Empire but this is a full-time job on itself and I tell him all the time that he that he's you know he's old enough to start relaxing a little bit but he won't listen so he loves to win he'd rather be in Victor Lane than, than fishing off the back of his boat just barely but that's how he is. And um, I really enjoy being in the Xfinity series. There's a reward that I get of helping people achieve their goals and get to the next level. Luckily, with our relationship with Rick, we've been able to accelerate that and make some great things happen for a lot of people, whether it be drivers, crew chiefs, aspiring crew chiefs. That's really so rewarding to me. That's even greater than the wins is to see somebody get a job somewhere on a cup level, get an opportunity to step up. I feel like that we're doing it right if we're giving people that Platform that springboard. I don't know if you can replicate that anywhere else. I really enjoy that. So the answer is no,
3: no. Right before that, before the before the clip was, I'm looking at Kelly and she's shaking her head no. <laughs> and they really don't need to. The Cup Series is cubic dollars. Mm-hmm. Here it's um it's not cubic dollars, but you best have some. Mm-hmm. You know, I the thing that intrigued me yesterday was I was watching Twitter, as we often do here, and uh, the one of the first tweets i saw that was really funny was john force yeah funny car champion 65 years old right said hey dale jr you want to try a funny car there's one waiting for you <laughs> now that would be cool i wouldn't mind seeing him do that mm-hmm. i think it scare the jabbers out of him but maybe well i just stand around i'm not even driving one they scare me <laughs>
2: yeah they're cool.
3: loud right well i live over by uh, z max dragway yeah and i can pretty much tell you who's running or what kind of class of cars running and not even see the cars mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so <laughs> but it's a chevy that's important yeah, yeah. of course the stuff yeah you know do you remember when dale's first cup start was
2: um yes and no refresh my memory
3: it was May 30th, 1999 at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Ah, uh, yeah. Then known as Lowe's, I'm assuming. Ah, yeah, uh, Was it yes. 1999? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. During the Coca-Cola 600, mm-hmm. uh, he started 8th and he finished 16th that mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The first time he drove the Budweiser number 8 that would become one of the most iconic paint schemes in the right. sport. We talked a lot about that on Historically Speaking.
2: I interviewed Dale Jr. after his first start. Oh, I my remember, goodness. You I, knew, you I knew. I remember that. You
0: were shining me on, you dog.
2: <laughs> I didn't remember. I'm too old <laughs> to remember.
0: We're satisfied. We just try to stay out of everybody's way when the car wasn't competitive. Try to gain some respect from these guys, let them know they can be comfortable around me and not well, have to worry about anything.
2: Well, grade the driver's performance today.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I guess we get a C because we just had a pretty average day. I mean, a top 20 is pretty good for an average West Cup team and it's our first race and I'm just glad we accomplished that and finished without tearing anything up.
2: And you and your dad had a conversation, what was that like?
0: I just wanted to make sure he's happy with the car and uh, the way we ran and as a car owner and a father just make sure that uh, you know, he's satisfied with everything, make sure we anything I need to do different or change or try again, try something else uh, uh, next time we race this car.
2: All uh, right, Dale Earnhardt Jr., a successful Winston Cup debut tonight.
0: You know,
3: one of the questions from that press conference was, y- you can see the obvious affection between Rick Hendrick and Dale Jr. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the questions that popped through my head was, you know, who's going to take over Hendrick Motorsports? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we all know, that Rick lost his son, Ricky, in the, in the plane crash at Martinsville. Mm-hmm. There's no heir apparent. So, you know... <laughs> conspiracy theorist that i am maybe junior takes over hendrick at some point in his life or has, has
2: well doesn't jimmy and jeff have a, a part of it as I well i guess you're right i'm it, sure i'm sure rick has the plan i'm sure there's a plan he does
3: but i just like thinking about you know i would not be you know wouldn't that be cool i know but, but dale has his own empire but you know the affection between the two and and what you know rick recognizes what dale has brought to him mm-hmm. to his company And to the sport and I thought that was really really cool part of that press conference
1: Dale Kelly and his family they're they're more to me than just a race car driver he's uh, like a son and we've had I don't know for many many years a tremendous relationship and um, I I really appreciate what we've been able to do together and I appreciate the kind of guy you are and what you've done for the sport for NASCAR for me personally, our company, the sponsors, and everyone, and to the person that I've talked to in the last few days, sponsors, every, all of our, our partners, if the first thing they've said, we want what Dale wants. We want what's best for Dale. And uh, you have delivered and given more than anybody I know. And I'm, I'm fortunate today because you and I have got a lot left to do. Dale wants to help me here at, at Motorsports. The JRM bringing the young drivers along, and uh, we have we're in the automobile business together, so I feel like uh, I'm excited about the next chapter, and uh, you deserve everything, all the awards, and all of the, uh, you know, accolades. Uh, there'll never be another Dale Earnhardt Jr. You're you're the one, but uh, uh, I'm I'm just super excited and very appreciative. Of what you've done for what you meant to me personally, and uh, what you've done for our company, but most of all, what you mean in my life. Well, there could be a Dale Earnhardt Junior. Junior.
3: <laughs> that's cr- that's true. <laughs> Wouldn't it be Dale Earnhardt the Third well,
1: Esquire? I like
2: Junior Junior better, but you know.
3: You remember that? You remember Tim Wilson, like the, the comedian? Oh yeah. Dale, Darrell Walter, Pritchard, Betty, Rusty, Rusty Awesome, Bill, Erd- Irvin, Gordon, Earnhardt, Smith, Johnson, Junior. Yeah, Junior. junior. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> You know, I think really one guy lost his son, the other guy lost his father. I think I think that was a match. They just kind of found each other, mm-hmm. and, and it was a really. I, I think it's sort of serendipitous. I think that right. the two came together and are so close. Now,
2: obviously, you can never replace your dad. You can never replace the son you've lost, but there can be substitutes. Right. And like you said, they found each other.
3: Right. And and that's gonna. I think that's gonna really be. Now, Junior does have to remember where his dealership is.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's funny. During the press conference, Rick, I guess, set Junior up with his first car dealership. Yes. And Junior was very, very proud that it was in the state of Florida.
0: The dealership is, I think, one of the best dealerships that Rick's ever opened, to be honest. So Probably is. Yeah. First class place. Did you tell them they need a car to call you? <laughs> It's in Jacksonville. If you want to go down there, it's the only Chevy store in town. It's in Tallahassee. I'm sorry, Tallahassee. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little spun out up here. Sorry.
2: Naturally.
3: Well, and the fact that he could actually laugh like that after being very emotional in that opening statement, Mm -hmm. which, you know, five words into it, I knew Mike Davis had written most of it. So kudos to Mike Davis. That was a great speech. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think really... It's smart. Neil Bonnet, Mike Joy brought this up on, I was watching uh, one of the shows yesterday and they were commenting on it. Mike Joy said that Neil Bonnet, the reason he, after he got hurt and came back, he said the reason people kept asking him, why are you coming back? He said, because I don't want anybody to tell me I can't drive a race car. Mm-hmm. I want it to be my choice.
0: It's pretty simple. I still like it. Uh, I don't think people really understand that. After some of the things I went through, the wreck at Darlington, then of all things, last year come back and have the wreck at Talladega. And I've tried to explain to people, I'm lousy going when I'm not around the racetrack. I'm off hunting and fishing all the time. I'm a professional bum. I goof off too much. And as much as I like hunting and fishing, I still like getting that race car even more than that. I, I just couldn't because physically couldn't for a while. And now that I can pass the physicals and they say I can get back in the race car, I'm going to give it a try again and see how it feels.
2: Well, and the last question of the press conference was asked by uh, sports reporter Mike Salarte. And I it was the question that I was going to ask, and he kind of beat me to it, was, what would your dad say? about Mm -hmm. today. And I thought the answer from Junior and Rick, it was probably one of the most emotional parts of the entire press conference. Poignant, yes. Yeah.
0: I'll always let other people tell me what they think Dad would think in a certain situation. I never would assume that he was proud of me when he was alive. Certainly wouldn't make that mistake. After he passed, I just never felt like I was worthy of Assuming that of him, and I always was open to hearing from people that know him really well what they think he would think. And I've talked to some people in uh, the past 24 hours that uh, know him pretty well, and they're pretty confident that he would be very proud. You know, I think that uh, a lot of things that I've done over the last several years, he'd be super surprised. he probably somewhere already surprised. You know, so I think he would. Uh, he wouldn't tell me to my face but he would probably tell Rick or anyone else that would listen here today that he was very proud of me, and uh, then I'd have to go hear it from Rick.
1: I knew your daddy pretty well. I knew him real well, and he would be proud of the man that you are and what you've done for so many and all the charities and all the goodwill that you've done. He would be very, very, and is is very, very proud of you. That just about brought a
3: tear to my manly cheek, you know? Mm-hmm. And a, a Senior was a fairly complicated guy. He was very, I know, now I don't know, but I am I could tell that he was very proud of his son. Mm-hmm. And he never got to see him win the Daytona 500, but he got to see him win at Texas. He got to see him win an All-Star Race. He got to see him on the right path. Right. And, and that was, you know, you could tell. It, it come up and do that neck hug that really hurt more
2: than it actually felt good. When Junior won at Texas, mm-hmm. his first cup win in 2000, mm-hmm. that grin <laughs> on Dale Senior's face. It was the same grin he had when he won the Daytona 500, right? And he was he was proud. He was very he was beaming in victory lane.
3: Well, you know, and part of this, I wrote a story today for DaleJr.com about this very topic, mm. and the book that I did on on Junior back in the day, mm-hmm. back on back in the day, right? Um, he said really that he never thought he'd do more than be the best oil change mechanic at Dale Earnhardt Chevrolet in Newton, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Dale Sr. kind of controlled the purse strings for his late models, didn't know whether he was going to get the chance to right, do this. Right. And Tony Urey Sr., Pops, talked Dale Sr. into letting the letting the kid
2: drive. Well, and it worked. Well, During the press conference, he uh, was asked about what he was most proud of as a race car driver.
0: Coming out of the gate and winning them two Xfinity championships blew me away. I'd ran 159 late model races and only won four. I didn't think I was gonna get a job. Actually, in 97, dad came up to me and Kelly and said, your late model funds have dried up. And uh, I ran about seven late model races that year and didn't have anything else to doing, going on. I was struggling really to figure out what my next step was. I called up James Finch and begged him to let me drive his car and he turned me down. I still give him crap about that today. But uh, believe it or not, I mean, it's hard, I know you guys, a lot of you guys weren't around, or some of you were, but it, there was a point around 96, 97 where it just about didn't happen. So going in there and winning those two uh, championships and winning those little more than a dozen races in a couple of years was incredible. I was just shocked at everything we did every week. And to be doing it with Tony Jr. and Tony Sr., my family, Uncle Danny, to be doing it with my dad's family team was you know just so, so fun. And then... One of the other things was is coming back uh, from our injury in 2012 and winning a Daytona 500 with Rick. You know, we swept the Pocono races, which was really cool. But um, winning a Daytona 500, you know, I always kind of wanted to leave some kind of mark here. Jimmy Johnson's got him all over the place. Uh, he's marking up this joint left and right. Great teammate. But, you yeah, know, I wanted to leave some kind of mark that somebody would know I was here. And uh, when we won a Daytona 500, that made me feel good about my impression on it on the company. Um, and it's always fun to win with Rick. Cause like I said, that's what he loves the most.
2: I'm glad I saw that Daytona 500 that he won because I almost did not. My, <laughs> my wife had won a, a vacation, a trip, a cruise through her company. And instead of going on the cruise, I said, well, why don't you take your sister, have a, a girl's weekend and I'll go to Daytona. And had and she they didn't even know they had no phone service or any or internet until they got back to within a certain uh, part of the ocean and found out that Dale Earnhardt Jr. had won the Daytona 500 and the first thing she thought was, I bet Steve was glad he went to Daytona because if he had gone on this trip he would have been ticked off.
3: Right, never. Yeah, that, that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can completely empathize with that too yeah. because my you know my wife has had to put up with this for 27 years right right and um you know so i i know exactly where you're coming from on that and it was you know it was really cool after after the cruel twists of fate that had happened mm-hmm. at daytona in particular mm-hmm. and uh you know it's just, it was a really it, it needed to happen it's <laughs> i always tease you've heard me say this before it's about uh one of those odd instances of uh serendipity that happened in a uh in NASCAR for some odd reason, mm-hmm. you know, just happened to happen for some odd reason. Not saying that the victory was tainted in any way. I'm just saying it's one of those things that happens that that makes it all seem right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was it was
2: uh, and for the conspiracy theorists. You can't fix no, things like that. You just no. can't. It's impossible.
3: We can think about it, though. You can think
2: about it. Sure. <laughs> you can think about the UFO coming down. But That's right. I'm not saying I'm not a believer in UFOs, but well, I don't believe that the races are fixed. They're not.
3: You know, part of me's bummed because you know he is. Oh yeah, my father. God love him. He was a a great Dale Earnhardt fan. Mm-hmm. And when we lost Senior, mm-hmm. he became a Dale Junior fan. Yeah, and that's part. You know, and I know the guy. I've known him for a while. Sure. On both sides, you know, as an employee, and way before as a as a media person. Mm-hmm. And you know, just the the. The growth that he's had over those years, which really basically just tells you how old I am <laughs> rather than, you know. Uh, but he's, I mean, he's just so, he's such a different guy from the kid who used to run around with frosted tips in his hair and, well, most, you know. M-
2: most of us are different as we yes. grow older. Some thank, of us don't have hair anymore. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah.
3: But I'm glad he went out on his terms. He's not done yet. He could win seven, eight races, win a
2: tri- win a championship. This he could year, retire in victory lane. He could. You never know. I would love to see that.
3: Wouldn't that? That would be another one of those instances, right?
2: The phone calls to Homestead Miami Speedway spiked yesterday. Big time. Yes, they after did after the announcement.
3: Well, and they're going to do it at at Pocono. I they're think
2: every try. track will see an increase in attendance to see Dale Junior race for the final time at their racetrack. It's inevitable.
3: And then next year at Daytona, he'll say, well, you know what? I was just kidding. I'm just going to do this again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have another retirement.
3: Yeah, I don't no, think so. I don't think so. No. no, no, no. But no, I'm, I'm happy that he he chose the time himself, mm-hmm. which is important. Right. Like I said, they're going to carry me out of a press box somewhere. <laughs> Hands folded on on my shield, you know. Can I help them carry you? Uh, if you'd like. That would be, <laughs> just make sure I don't fall off before they get me to the, you know. But uh, no, you know, it, it's nice to pick when you go out absolutely and you know i think junior motorsports is going to be stronger for it i think Mm -hmm. hendrick is going to be stronger for it Yep, dale will be happier he can do what he wants he's not gonna i mean he's not going to just fade away and sit on the couch and drink beer nope although i imagine he'll do that a little bit more than he does now yeah maybe maybe with blaney or without blaney (laughs) (laughs) i don't know probably with Boyd. before we get to this week's beat the buzzer segment let's bring in buzz McKim, historian at the nascar hall of fame for his thoughts on last week's announcement Buzz, thanks for coming on.
2: Oh, it's my
4: pleasure, guys. Thank you. Some history there last week, didn't we?
2: Oh, absolutely. What did you think of the announcement?
4: Uh, I, I I was kind of taken off guard. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we sure did witness some uh, some racing history there last week, didn't we? <laughs> we spent a lot of time today talking about how he called
3: he called the time when he would step away. Not mm-hmm. many people get to do that, and and his his father certainly didn't, given the tragic circumstances of when he passed. <laughs> But, you know, mm-hmm.
4: is this really common among drivers at this point in their careers? Well, it, it looks like it's getting more so, you know, when you think about some of the folks that have walked away recently and, uh, you know, they, they've they accomplished what they, I guess, what they set out to accomplish. And, you know, the money's never really a factor. And, um, you know, I guess, uh, you know, everybody has their own path in life, too. And uh, I guess he felt like it was time to, you know, pursue uh, another chapter in his life. So, uh, Yeah, you got to give the guy a lot of credit for what he's given to the sport, what he's meant to the sport. And um, I think he's happened to to NASCAR and uh, and I'm sure he'll still be a big draw for the the good of the sport, too. And really, you know, going out on your own terms is, is a good thing. It really is. It's nice when you can call your own shots. That's for sure. And uh, he earned his oats. <laughs> he definitely, you know, he, he worked his way up. Um, he, he proved himself all, all the way along, you know. And um, his dad definitely started him out on the right foot as far as you know, making it his own way. And uh, first he had to prove himself to see if he was going to get any help from uh, other folks. So uh, I think it worked out well. It kind of kept him humble, too.
2: So, Buzz, have you figured out what year Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be elected into the
4: NASCAR <laughs> Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he, he's, he's got to sit out three years, and um, so we'll see what happens. I wonder if he'll get in on a first vote. Uh, you know, if you look at the the career itself, it was kind of okay. Uh, he has 26 wins, and, uh, you know, he's got two Bush championships, too. Now, that's something to keep in mind. Right. And, um you know, it's what he brought to the sport, what he did for the sport. I think that's something that really will be taken into consideration, like Fireball Roberts. You know, Fireball won 32 races. Um, he won the big ones, never won a championship. But it's what he did for the sport, how he helped it to grow and what he, he gave to the sport. So, and then again, like I say, he took those two Bush championships back to back. So, um, I don't think he's going to have any trouble getting in.
2: I think he's a shoe in First ballot, no yeah. problem. Yeah. Yep, yeah, there, w- there was yeah, no, so. there, he was not Fireball Roberts Jr. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
3: he
4: was not. <laughs> well, okay. All right,
3: this is going to the uh, Podcast Hall of Fame for reference mm-hmm. on the third year when he's the first first ballot Hall of Famer. We're going to oh. pull that out.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm Terrific. Kidding. Okay. okay.
3: <laughs> There is no Podcast Hall of Fame, is there? No. If not, we would not be first ballots. No. No. Um, All right. Let's move on to Beat the Buzzer. I'm sure you're just going to whip our butts again this week. Um, Well, I'll
4: give give it a shot here.
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Let's set this up for everybody. The week before each episode, we put out the call on our at Exalta Racing and at Dirty Mo Radio Twitter handles, and we post with a hashtag back in the day and tag with Exalta. One lucky fan this week will win a prize from either Dirty Mo Radio or Exalta. Exalta Racing takes very good care of us here, and they have good prizes. Right, right. So, uh, mm. if uh, if the buzzer answers all three correctly, and he is uh, is more than more than capable of doing that, you win a prize. And who are we playing for this week?
2: We are playing for Denise Rauschman Bussey. Denise Roushman-Bussey. Yes, congratulations for winning a prize this week. Uh, I know Buzz is going to come through for you. I know,
3: I know. Which is weird. Buzz, you, you've made it so that we just automatically just give people prizes. <laughs> okay, let's see what we got. All right, first question. Who won the first NASCAR Cup Series race that Dale Earnhardt Jr. ever competed in in 1999?
4: Okay, yeah, uh, you know, he started uh, his uh, Cup Series career in the uh, Coca-Cola 600, which was the same race that his dad started his career in in 1975. How about that? Wow. But uh, Junior started eighth driving car, number eight. He finished 16th. mm mm-hmm. yeah, Started eighth, finished 16th. Uh, he showed a lot of promise in that first race. But uh, Jeff Burton won that race. <sighs> ding, ding, ding. Do we have a sad <laughs> trombone well, <laughs> for, sad us. for us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: All right, Buzz, question number two. Mm -hmm. At which track does Dale Earnhardt Jr. have the most career Cup Series victories?
4: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it seems like restrictor plates were in the Earnhardt DNA, (laughs) I suppose, because Senior and Junior did so good at restrictor plate tracks. Junior has uh, six wins at Talladega, and he also has four at Daytona. But uh, Talladega is uh, his winningest track with six wins. Right Sad a-
3: trombone yeah. number two. Right again. Right again. Yeah. All right.
4: You're not going to get this one. I'm going to beat you on
3: this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could, I could feel the fear there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at which track did Dale Jr.
4: earn his first top 10 finish? Ah, okay. Well, you know, in, in 99, he, he wanted to be able to go for the Rookie of the Year the following year. But in 99, he only ran five races. And on his fourth start, which happened at Richmond, he, he cracked the top 10. He started 21st, and uh, he finished 10th. And so that's not bad. That was in September. Oh, Ironically, it was September 11th, 1999. How do you do this? How do you? Uh, I yeah, I need to get a life, I suppose. <laughs> Well,
3: you know, you are the Bill James of our sport, so... Who? Baseball. Bill James. Uh. (laughs) Come on, Mr. Oriole.
2: (laughs) Baltimore fan. Uh
3: Mm. Well, Buzz, as always, you know, we like to take our thumping uh, with good cheer. Mm -hmm. Um, By the way, you know what's going to happen, right? What? At the end of the season when we do this and we have our back-in-the-day cast party, we're going to have to take Buzz out for Mexican food.
2: Well, we can oh. do that. We won't have any prizes left in the closet. <laughs> that's, you know, that's okay. The
3: prize Good. and the blackmail will be the pictures of the staff party at the back of the day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he may never get another
4: question right again. That's right. <laughs> Show the love. Well, whatever you guys want to do, I'm there for you. Dave. There you go. <laughs> awesome.
3: Well, thank you, Buzz, for as always, for coming in and uh, and showing us who's
4: boss. Well, I certainly do appreciate that, and uh, can't wait to see what happens uh, over the next couple of weeks. You know, there's—you uh, uh, never know. There might be another big uh, announcement right around the corner. Who knows? Uh-oh. Every day's gonna do right? Are you retiring? Is that? Uh... Uh, oh, no, I well, we'll go there someday. <laughs> <laughs> I told Steve. I said I'm, they're
3: not going to. Re- I'm not going to retire. They're going to carry me out of the press box somewhere on my shield.
4: There you go, and
2: I get to help. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Just to make sure that I don't get Uh huh. Well, Buzz, thank you very much. Uh, everybody, when you go to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Uptown Charlotte, please look Buzz up. He loves to talk, and he's the guy to talk to if you have any questions about NASCAR. Yeah, cool. All righty. Well, you take care, guys, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right? That's it for this episode of Back in the Day. Thanks to Buzz McKim, our resident NASCAR guru, for playing along with us, as always. Keep an eye on at Exalta Racing and at Dirty Mo' Radio for the opportunities to submit questions. And remember,
2: history is made every day, so be a part of it with Back in the Day.
0: Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.
2: If you love Dale Jr., then Exalta
3: Racing is your go-to social media account on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It brings you insider's
4: info all weekend long on the 88 team. It's at Exalta Racing, a must follow for any Dale Jr. fan.